On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm interviewing Kate Ald, a wife, a mother of four children, a foster mom, and a self-made Pinterest marketer. My name is Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us about what you currently do as a mompreneur. Okay, so what I currently do is I run a company called Simple Pin Media, and we are a Pinterest marketing company that helps bloggers and some business owners who just have maybe a B2B. We help them run their Pinterest accounts so that they can be freed up to focus on more of their content. And we also do a little bit of, well, I guess we do more so now we're branching to the teaching side of things, how to teach people who want to bootstrap their Pinterest marketing, how to do it effectively without following crazy rabbit trails or getting distracted, but really just good streamlined advice so that they can grow their Pinterest page. Amazing. Amazing. So Kate, Were you um, in Pinterest marketing since like, you know, 2005, but although (laughs) it it, it never existed then, but I'm just thinking like, what is your story? How did you get into this um, world of Pinterest marketing? What was was your journey like? And and most of all, I would love to share, I would love to hear the story that you shared with me over coffee Mm -hmm. one time um, about like, how did it just all come into place? And what were you doing before you even thought of starting a uh, Pinterest marketing company. Yeah. So it kind of really started and the sun, the sun just started to come out right here, but anyway, I'll just, okay. You look through. great. You look uh, awesome. So one of the things that, um, in 2009, my son was born, but my husband had just lost his job two weeks before I gave birth. It was really crazy. And so a friend of mine actually ran a local blog here in the Northwest frugal living Northwest. And she was just really starting to ramp up. And she said, you know, I really need help. This is growing. I'm really thinking of getting contributors, but I don't really know how that looks. So we just kind of follow this journey with me. And so I started working with her just specifically actually on Facebook because she felt like as a blogger, she just could not handle too many extra things and a mom, obviously. So I started doing Facebook and had a lot of fun with it and just to see how we could grow the page. And I grew it from like 3000 fans to like, you know, 20,000 in the course of, you know, six to eight months, which was great during that time. Cause we did see Facebook actually working well at that time. That was 2000, yeah. early 2010. Um, and then I started blogging really, I guess, helping her manage the blog, doing daily posts since it was a deal blog. There was a lot of coupon posts, all that kind of stuff, but still did Facebook. Well, Mm -hmm. then Pinterest started to become more active as well. And I would say early 2013, we started to experiment with it and it wasn't really anything other than I liked to use Pinterest to gather information. And so I used the Frugal Living Northwest page as my personal page. In fact, a lot of the early stuff on there is stuff that I, recipes I made, crafts I did with my kids, all of that kind of stuff. And we really saw the interaction go up and up. But nobody was really at that time using it for business. It was more just this fun tool, if you will. And I had actually been on Pinterest since the invite days. And I thought, you know, what is this thing? It's just not going to take off. It's the same way we feel about like every big social media thing that comes onto the scene. We think that doesn't even make sense. Why is anybody going to use that? 
So anyway, in 2013, she also took a course about using Pinterest for business. And we started to switch our mindset and we started to think, how can we really use Pinterest to get the kind of traffic we want back to Frugal Living Northwest? And at that time, there was one pin that had gone viral and not a lot of people had a lot of viral pins at that time. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you could pin something and it would get like a thousand repins was just kind of blowing our mind. Well, then in that same time frame, my husband had lost his, uh, the other job that he had gone through a lot of job loss. And at that time, I really, I was, as I grieved the loss of this job, he hated it, but it was still that loss of kind of that security, you know, that consistent paycheck. And I had prayed and said, I'd asked the Lord, basically, would he bless what I did to be able to free my husband up to do what he really wants to do? And at that time, it was moving back into a phase of ministry, and he really likes to teach and preach. And so how could we free him up to do that? But not a really formal pastor role, if you will. And so we didn't see anything for a little while, but then in November of 2013, Facebook algorithm changed. And so nobody saw any reach anymore. It was this crazy frustration mixed with what are we going to do next kind of phenomenon you saw within bloggers. And a friend of mine had said, well, Angela had said to me, the one who runs Frugal Living Northwest, why don't you try managing Pinterest pages? And I thought she was crazy. I was like, there's no way that's going to work. People aren't going to pay for that. And she said, just try it. Just see if it actually works. And so I tested it on her account, scheduling, like trying to find if there were scheduling tools out there. And then I asked two of her blogging friends to come on as beta clients. And that in 2014, I bought the domain Simple Pin Media and started with those two beta clients. That's really the lead up to it all. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Okay. So how did you know how to work with these clients? You've never done this before. Yeah, that's, that was a big one. So I had to really think through what is it like as a, what would I want people to communicate with me? And one of the biggest things that I, I saw, cause also at this time too, I was doing a bunch of research who else was doing Pinterest marketing? Who else was helping manage pages? What were they charging? Um, what were they, what did their packages look like? So I started to, to kind of follow them and create my own out of that, but also really recognizing that the biggest thing that people always want is they want someone to communicate with them. They want to know what's going on, especially when you're handing off an account to them because a social media account is very important to people. It's very, um, it's very personal. It communicates your brand. It communicates who you are. And so I kept thinking through that lens, but also knowing in the beginning, I wasn't going to get it a hundred percent right. I just had to start with what I thought was good. And then I knew I was going to have to expand upon that. And I had told these two clients that too, like, I need your feedback. I need you to tell me what's working, what's not working. How do you want me to communicate with you? And they were very integral in saying like, this would be easier. This is too long. This is too much. This is too little. And so really it was just those first three months, I would say from January to March, really honing in on what I needed and how to keep it simple. That was really important to me too, is that was part of the simple pin media was that Pinterest just, it seemed so crazy to people, but it was so easy. 
And I needed people to see that as well. Like it wasn't as hard as we were making it out to be. So let's strip down all the crazy and just get to the basics and what we need to do to create a really good strategy. Now, obviously that's changed a ton over the last two years as Pinterest has changed its own platform. But in the beginning, it was very, very simple. Wow. I love the concept of getting beta clients and then you you call them beta clients, like no worries about that. And then you pick their brain on how they want to be treated, how they wanted to work with you and what they like and what they don't like, which is genius. I absolutely love that. Many people do that without disclosing that they're beta clients and without having that beta relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think you really, really uh, hit the nail, uh, the nail on the head there because I, I think that's really, really important. All right. So after that, after working with those two clients, how did you launch your service to the whole entire world? The <laughs> whole world. Um, well, I would say that, you know, I had um, Angela's account with Frugal Living. I was still doing contributing to the blog. I hadn't fully jumped over into Simple Pin, but I had these two other clients. So I still had... And my husband still didn't have a job. So I'll say that too. Like we were still kind of running with that in the background. So I was straddling both worlds of being a blog editor and a business owner. And there was definitely some tension there as to how to figure out how to find the balance. But um, I would say that I, I didn't really do much to move past the beta phase on my own. Like I didn't jump out there and really look for a lot of more clients. In fact, I was really nervous. I thought, you know, these beta clients are just so comforting because they know me, they get me. And I, I actually, the only way I branched out was in one-time services. So I said I would, I included a cleanup service and I'm trying to think of what, I think that was pretty much it. I would clean up their boards and that Mm -hmm. helped me really start to branch out into new people because I organization and cleaning up things is like my favorite thing to do. I love cleaning up a Pinterest board. Like give me the biggest hot mess. And I just want to sit and take like five hours and just organize it. And obviously I can't do that now where I'm at. So I have people on my team who do that, but that was really fun for me as well because I got to really, really see um, how Pinterest worked by spending a concentrated amount of time on several different people's accounts. So simply, I think just by, um, I think by being nervous to be all in all honesty, I was able to connect with more bloggers and because of where I situated myself in the blogging community, they were able to pass on my name to others. So in March, one of my beta clients had suggested Um, to her other blogging friend that she hired me as well. And so I kind of told her the same thing, like we're still kind of in beta, but I just need, you know, let me know what feedback you have, but we'll kind of continue to go along the same method that we've gone along with. And then I would say, then I started to think about growing the business at that point. Like how could I get more clients? Um, But what kind of client did I want? I mean, there was a lot of different questions at that point. And so it, it basically started to mushroom by referrals. I did not do hardly any advertising at all. So. Wow. It says a lot about, um, that your work and that your work is really good and, um, is really quality when you have that word of mouth. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I noticed that Aaron, um, was, 
was or is one of your clients because I saw her um, really, really nice uh, testimonial on your website. Um, She was also Mm -hmm. a guest here on the Montpreneur Show. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, but I absolutely love the process that you took that and I I took your clients through. And I really hope that uh, moms listening will take it to the to heart and really apply it to their business because there's no I think there's no better way than to beta and then really have that clear communication because so often and Kate I know that you you know this and can relate to this so often we're taught to fake it till you make it oh yeah to like be professional and like okay mm-hmm. this is how I do it and this mm-hmm. is my simple pin media business yeah. and this is what I offer but you were really vulnerable and like really mm-hmm. opened up and like hey yeah this is what I'm doing so yeah. it's hard as I will say, just to interject here, like it's really hard to, um, especially when you see people who do seem like they have it all together to admit when someone's something's not working or admit when you've done something wrong. And I've done tons, I still do things wrong every once in a while or people have gotten frustrated with me or their expectations. And what I've really learned is to ask the right questions to get people to draw out, like, what do, what do they really need? And what do they expect of me? Because if I can figure out what expectations are first, then I can head off a ton of stuff. Because <clears throat> we all know that when we hire someone or we work with someone, we have expectations. And I want to know what those are up front. Because if I know what they are, then I can... I can work with them. And also I would say too, like, yeah, admitting when I'm wrong. Like one of my biggest advocates, the people who have been the biggest advocates are the one who I've been able to say, I'm so sorry. How can I make that right for you? How can Mm. we fix it? And that a kind word always turns away the wrath. Like, you know, you really have to respond always, always in kindness, even if you're frustrated even if you're annoyed, it's the same with a blog comment. We've all had them. We've all had people leave comments on the blog that are not kind, but kindness has been, that's just been something that I've committed to. Like, I'm just going to be a kind and helpful person because we all know there's people out there who aren't, right? Yes, that's right. So I thank you so much for reminding us that. Um, it's a really good um, rule to have in your business to spread kindness, even when people are not very nice. Yes. All right. So, um, Kate, you mentioned that you have a team working yes. with you. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take continue. Let's continue down the timeline okay. and go from you took kind of like the second round kind of beta, mm-hmm. and then what happened next. So I would say about six months into my business, it was June of 2014, I had taken on two other clients. So I had a total of five at that point. And um, I really had capped myself in all honesty. I thought, I'm just going to stick with five and then we're just going to do some cleanups and that's it. Well, I'll do work on the blog. I'll do work here and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, then in early July, um, July of 2014, my daughter was suddenly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And that put us in the hospital for a couple of days. It's, you know, a type 1 diabetic diagnosis is very sudden. It's, you know, she had gone downhill within three weeks. We thought something was going wrong. It was really, really crazy. And literally went to the doctor's office and they said, go to the hospital right away. Like you need to oh treat my her. Gosh. So it was very traumatic for us. I mean, it's a complete life change. Like having a type one diabetic is just overhaul. And so 
Um, when I was in the hospital with her, I was trained to work and I was trained to learn this new way of life. And I thought I need help. And the only way I'm going to get help is if I teach people to help me. And so I asked a friend to come on who I thought would have a really good eye for Pinterest. She could help me at least with what we refer to as outside content. It's complimentary content that our clients need to really boost their page. Mm-hmm. I thought she would be so great at this. And so I hired her. I taught her the way that I pinned, I evaluated like how much would I pay her, you know, based on how much I still needed to make too. You really have to think about that as well. And then, sorry, I can stop you right there. So how did you do that? Because, you know, when you're starting a business, um, it seems like, it seems like it's so impossible to hire someone else because you have all these expenses. So how Mm -hmm. did you figure that out? Did you start her like how many hours did you start with it was it like a very small amount and then you worked it up or how did it work it was really small um because i get paid monthly for our services i extended that as well to my team i pay them a monthly fee and i looked at how long it was taking me to pin and when i initially charged what i charged i you know set had a set amount this is how much i want to get per hour and then I was able to pay them less than that because I knew they weren't taking on the responsibility of running a business like I was. And so I went to them and said, you know, this is how much I'll pay you for this account, this account, and this account. And it's just remained consistent across the board since then. But you always have to take into consideration, you know, how long they will spend. Um, and especially with our business, you spend a lot of time understanding. And like the first couple of weeks are more intense than subsequent weeks. So we had to take that into account as well. What you're spending the first week will not be what you're spending week five. Um, And then also how much did I need to get paid in order to not lose money? And that included thinking about taxes, thinking about all those different factors. And Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, there wasn't a huge margin, but definitely as we've grown and I've raised my prices, there's a bigger margin. And once I got a bigger margin, I could then invest back in my team, whether it was one-time gifts or anything like that, keeping them loyal. I want to keep my team loyal and invested. So I I care deeply about how I pay them, how I caretake for them as well. But yes, that factor of how much I was making weighed with how much I could pay them had to come into play. Wow. Very interesting. Thank you so much for getting into the details. Yeah. I really, really appreciate Hopefully it. It's, it's not very helpful to anyone, but I feel like oh. sometimes you really just, someone needs to say it in order for it to click. Oh no. Um, I mean, even Sherry here said that this is so good to hear because a lot of times we look at something and think it's a one woman show and forget the importance of a team. I completely agree, Sherry. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and also Sherry has a question, which is very timely, Sherry. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, we love moms who interact and yes. um, who ask questions. And this is the reason that we have the show is that um, we want to hear what you think and we want to hear your questions. And you're asking, Sherry's asking, how much time do you spend training? That's a good question. So I spend, what I did was actually, I I realized that I needed to replicate training. So I did two things. I created a manual of expectations that was just a Google doc that I could go through Mm. and say, here's exactly written out. I, you know, what I expect from you. Um, But it's very, since they're contractors, you do have to find that fine line right there because you don't want to get in trouble tax wise of, you know, mandating their time. And I'm very careful about that too. I don't tell them when they can work 
I just tell them what their expectations are. And I actually had a lawyer just review that and we have an official contract and she said, it's, it's fine. We're, you're good. As long as you don't tell people, you're not super strict about what they need to be doing. That's really important. Um, as far as time wise and location wise, those are really the two big things. So in my expectations, it's a lot of what I expect from them, pinning wise, what to pay attention to. Um, basically my brain is in this expectations and then I created videos. Um, and I created a, a private secret Facebook group that my team functions in. And I put those videos in there and they're training videos of how to use all of our programs, how you pull monthly reports, how you do everything so that I wasn't having to train, you know, I have 16 team members now. And so me having to train each one of them live would just be so taxing. Plus their schedules are crazy too. So having these videos allows them to watch when they need to. And honestly, a lot of my, excuse me, longtime team members reference those videos quite often. We go back and I update them if the platform has had any changes. We do quick little videos. It's kind of ongoing training, but I would say overall, I tell them to take the first week, you know, after we interview, after we go through, you know, what it's going to be like, they can ask their questions. And then they take a week to go through those videos and then we practice on my account. So I would say training lasts about two weeks, but it's not tons of hours. It's very, very flexible based on when the team member can implement, you know, their, yeah. when they have time, basically. Very interesting. And um, Sherry asks, uh, so can you be strict about the tasks that yes. get completed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially since I'm contracted as also a 1099 contractor mm -hmm. with my clients, we are contracted for certain amounts of tasks. I can pass that on to them to say, we are contracted for this. So therefore, you know, maybe it's 10 pins a day. Therefore, that's what you need to be doing is 10 pins a day. This is the ratio. So that's totally fine to do. It's more when you get into, this is what your workspace will be like. This is what your time will be like. All those kinds of things are a little bit on the line, but absolutely tasks are absolutely important. And the expectations that you have of how those tasks should be completed is really important too. Very interesting. So you can't, as a contractor, you can't say, they need to be working from eight to five. Correct. You know, okay. one of the big, the big contractor cases, I guess, uh, was the Uber was sued by people because they're people that they hire are 1099s. Well, the Uber is very specific. Like you can only have this year of car and newer. Your car has to be this temperature. Your car has to be this smell. All these kind of specifications that the government was like, you that's too that's that crosses that weird line of employee versus contractor. And I think that's still in litigation from what I understand. They're still able to have 1099s, but um, it's always just not, you know, yeah. When you start saying, you know, they can't work for anyone else, they can't work or they can only work in these hours. That's when you do get a little fuzzy. So you just have to make sure that whatever you're doing and whatever 1099 work you are having people do for you, it's very clear that they're paying their own taxes and they um, have an understanding of the tasks, but you're not overly regulating them. That's kind very of a good rule of thumb. 
Very interesting. So do you have them? Sorry, we're kind of stuck on this topic. No, do you I love have it. them? Um, do you have them track their time? Yeah. Or is we, it based on what they do? Yeah. So I have an idea of how much time it should take, but I also run time audits every, like we've done them three to six months or so. So we stop and I'll ask them, okay, track your time for this size of account, track your time for this size of account. But we also know as a team that our scheduling programs that we use factor into that as well. So one program like Tailwind is incredibly slick, super easy to use. Another program like Ahology is not as fast. And so we need to weigh, you know, is this client only using Ahology? Well, they're going to take longer. Or two, if you're on Pinterest, we all know that Pinterest is a, is a huge time suck. And so we have to be aware that sometimes when we're pinning and we're on Pinterest, we can easily go down a rabbit trail and we're not actually working. And so we we all talk about that too. You know, I have one team member who she cracks up because she's like, Pinterest is like my people magazine. I just get so caught up in it and I just keep looking through. And so I know for her, it's going to take her a little bit longer, but that not a hundred percent of the time she's actually working for pinning. So, and she knows that too. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it all, you just have to factor in like, you know, when we sit down to do a task, we can, you know, laser focus hone in. But sometimes we have to remember that we do get distracted. So how can we, how can I help my team members see that as well? And a lot of them are, I mean, all of them are great about it. So I'm, those time audits are good to have every once in a while to see who's getting distracted. Very, very smart. And Sherry says, I love how organized you are. (laughs) I'm very impressed, Kate. I'm very impressed. It's a lot of trial and error. A lot of trial and error. So um, Sherry asks, do you spend the majority of your day on Pinterest? Oh, yes. I, well, you know, what's funny is I actually don't as much anymore. I have, I try to only keep one account on my plate because I'm so much working on so many other areas of my business and caretaking for my team is very important as well. So I'm more like the top funnel down. So I can't spend as much time on Pinterest, but I have just recently, I had a team member manage my own account for a while and I've just taken that back. And so I really want to try to identify with our clients and, or not even our clients because we manage their account, but people who are coming to me for suggestions, like how do they do with time? How do they do with pinning? I really want to be able to say like, this is what I do for my own personal account, even though I'm pinning for so many others, sometimes it it helps to identify with how hard it is on your own personal account to really do it. So technically I always have two. So yes, a little bit of Pinterest, a little bit of business, a little bit of this kind of all over. Very interesting. This is so good. Thank you so much for sharing all the good, good. So, Okay, now let's go more into a personal side of things. Like yeah. where, not too personal though, where, um, <laughs> where? Uh, personal, let's go. <laughs> okay, awesome. So how do you manage your time with your children? Mm-hmm. How many do you have again? Yes, I have, I have four, but one of them is a foster baby. Oh, and you're still fostering. That's amazing. Yes, she's super, super cute. So, um, so I will say time-wise, um, I try to, so since my husband, like, um, I'll kind of backtrack to that 2014 after my daughter was diagnosed, um, he still didn't have a job, but we, he was starting to pursue actually interim preaching where he would just fill in on Sundays for a, um, church that maybe had a pastor on vacation. 
<laughs> so what we started to come up with is our own schedule of how it would work for us balancing um, kids and balancing his work and my work, even though my work brought in all the money and, he, but he had a lot of time that I knew needed to be invested in what he was doing. So last year, my son, so I have a six, nine and 10 year olds and my girls were in school, but my son hadn't started kindergarten yet because we were just switching to all day. So he was five going on six. Um, so actually child share, I guess with a friend. So she had hired, um, someone to work at her house to watch her kids. And so my son went over there three days a week so that my husband and I could spend the time during the day getting as much done as we could work wise. While my son was having a great time with this best friend. I mean, he could care less that he was over there versus with us. He'd rather be over there. Um, and then on those other days, we would, he would take him for those days while I would try to work from like nine to two. That was really, I wanted my work hours to be very segmented with my kids' school hours so that when they got home, I was available. I, I try really, really hard not to look at my phone from like two to eight, like two to eight is kind of sacred hours. Like that's when we it's amazing. want to really be together as a family and we have swimming and then on top of it, we've added this tiny little person to our house in November and having a baby again has, of course, thrown everything off, you know, sleeping and, you know, that's been all over the map. So once she came into our house, that also shifted as well because my son went to school, but then we still had her. So we had to think about how we were going to balance our time. But the the hours still held true, like nine to two, eight to two is really this is when I work. Um, if we have to have her go to a visit, often the the state will come get her. So we don't have, really have to worry about that, but we still have to prepare for her to go. Um, and then weekends, I try to take all day Saturday off. I don't work at all. And then on Sunday awesome. evenings, my kids go to Awana. And so I actually go out into a new seasons and I kind of huddle in there and just do my email on Sunday nights catch up from any email I got on the weekends. I don't do anything else but email. And that's this, kind of my, did you say Saturday else. night? Sunday night. Sunday night is email day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. No wonder you got back to me so quickly yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was on there just, you know, going through. Wow. That's awesome. I love how you look segment everything because it's so hard to find time for everything and especially like the essential things they need to get done. And I love how you just block out time for specific things. It's amazing. And Saturday off is incredible. Like I I, high five because that's, that's amazing. And I know how hard it is. It is really hard, especially when we're attached, like, you know, when you have the phone notifications and uh, all that kind of stuff. I totally get it. And it's, I think I had heard from somebody really early on. It was a podcast. I think it was Amy Lynn Andrews actually had talked about, she has an ebook. I think it's time management 101. Um, And I haven't read the ebook, but she had said in her newsletter, which is fantastic. I love reading through it, but she had talked about time blocks, like, really working in blocks of time to be more efficient. And I think I just applied that to the rest of my life because I don't like feeling pulled in too many directions because when we are pulled, we're not really focusing on anything. We're just kind of here up in space. Like, you know, it's, it's too, 
much stress and then we get snappy at our kids and we're annoyed, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to type a Facebook status and they're asking us a question. Well, clearly one is more important than the other, but because the we have this mentality of right away, you know, we get so distracted. So it's a tough balance. I get it. It's a really tough balance. Wow. Well, it, it is. I completely agree. And I thank you for keeping it real. Like, you know, because there's so many moms here that get discouraged from all these incredible stories and all these moms oh, yeah. accomplishing so many great things. But the struggle is real and everybody yeah. has it. Moms who have made it, moms who are still going through it and everybody has it. And it's it's really good to know that, you know, yeah. we're not the only ones. Um, so I take it, Kate, that your husband was always on board with you and your business. Um yeah. And Wesley, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that, you know, for a lot of moms, it's, and for me too, it was, it was quite a struggle mm-hmm. um, to get on the same page with hubby as far as uh, business. Yes. So I have to say first, my husband is a, his personality is pretty relaxed. Like he is really great at knowing I'm a go-getter. I'm a type A, I'm all these other things. And he's really good at knowing that and letting me flourish in that. So I appreciate that greatly. So we also had a lot of conversations. Communication has always been key to whatever we are doing that I, he doesn't feel like I'm making my own decisions and just doing whatever, but that he's a part of it. And he's expressed that many times. Like I want to be a part of this decision instead of just being told this decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very significant for a husband in general, because, Mm -hmm. you know, as, um, kind of the leader of our household, if you will, like we're both leaders, but as someone who, you know, I want my kids to respect, he wants to have that feeling of, yes, I'm a part of this decision and we're doing this together. And so, um, I think very early on, it was just conversations. Like, what do you think about this? Should I try this? Are you excited about this? And he doesn't understand what I do. He doesn't have a desire to understand what I do. He does not really care. But as long as we're both functioning, as we're respecting each other's time and the value on that time, that is huge for us. That's probably the biggest key that I would say to anyone, regardless of if your husband is on board or not. Um, he just wants you to ask him the question. He just wants you to know that you are listening or he has input into what's happening. And I think as soon as my husband saw this really take off and the more excited I got, the more I talked to him about like, oh my gosh, so-and-so like said they were use my services or whatever. He would get excited for me and that would build excitement for us. And we started to think too about our financial goals you know, what are the things that we wanted to achieve as a family? For us, it was a little bit more free time to do ministry like foster care. I mean, we're two full-time self-employed people. That makes it really easy to add a four-month-old baby to our laps immediately, you know, and really figure out a system. Whereas if someone's working, you know, has a husband working full time. They're also trying to blog. And then they're also trying to do all these other things that can be feel really overwhelming. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of a, a long rounded answer, but he just, he's not super particular about a lot of things. Like he lets me run with what I need to run with and he trusts me in that. And I think that's been the biggest key. That's wonderful. It sounds like you guys have a really great relationship. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. 
So um, I want to get to the last question. And this is, um, I tried to ask all my guests because it's so important for moms to, to take advantage of awesome online tools. And I want mm-hmm. to ask you, what are some uh, tools that you can't live without that you use right now in your business? I think the first thing that has saved me a ton of time, and this is especially for someone who gets a lot of emails and has to reply to a lot of things, is I started using Yesware, which you can add to Gmail. It's just Y-E-S-W-A-R-E. And I created all template emails for all categories of my business. And that has saved me so much time because when I hired Leslie as a coach, I hired Leslie Samuel. He asked me where I was spending my time. And I said, I feel like I'm emailing all day long. And he was like, we need to stop that. And so he told me to get Yesware. And so we started implementing all these template emails. And so now whenever I add something new that I know is going to be a consistent conversation, I create sections of template emails. You know, here's the five emails I'm going to always be sending. There you go. So that's probably been the one huge time saver. So when someone contacts me about pricing, it takes me five seconds. I input their name. There you go. It's back at them. Um, That's a huge one for email. I think the other one is Google Drive. I share everything in Google Drive with my team. Um, I also, to record my videos, use a super cheap program, and I hate the name, but it's called Screencast-O-Matic which it's like $15 a year or something like that. But I absolutely love it. It is such a great tool, especially if you have anything that you need to show people visually your screen. It's amazing. Love it, love it. And then I just started using Trello. I don't know if it's going to be good to you. I I just started. You do? I love Trello. I have... And I can send a screenshot after, but I have like uh, the mompreneurship board. And then I have for every single guest, I have all the information, like the photo, their, um, their website, their, their title, their, um, the images that I create. And it's so great. Cause like I used to always use Dropbox to switch between files. Um, cause you know, like I, I have multiple computers and then I have my phone that I work off a lot and it was so hard to, you know, oh, making sure everything is in Dropbox and then I have the free account. And so it will always go beyond the memory and stuff. So, but Trello, I can just load everything up on that board and it like, uh, I can access it through any computer, any device. And okay. it's really incredible. And I love I it more. I literally just created it last night. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you have to set it up. I feel like that would really stop me. Like I, I want you to do it forever, but it really stopped me, but it's really, there's so many people doing it differently. Like they have to do like different, like I'm not a big fan of that. I'm just like, here, here I come. I want to see every Monday who's on and in the future times and past times that I can reference to all the time. Um, and then it's very visual. Like I know a lot of people use Asana, yeah. but I've used Asana and I've used it with oh, clients too. And it's so, it. <laughs> it's so boring. It's so boring. And plus Trello <laughs> is um, integrated with like Zapier. Have you ever heard of Zapier? No. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Like it's kind of like oh, if yeah. this and that. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Um, let me see if I'm spelling it right. Um, yeah, uh, Zapier, 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 okay. dot com. Okay. And it's amazing because it just, um, 
it connects. It's kind of like if this and that, like, um, say like right here, I'm on it right now, like save Gmail attachments to Dropbox as original documents, like automatically and like share tweets from a Twitter list in a Slack, like, um, like very, or like create Trello card weekly. Like, I mean, incredible things like it integrates with Trello and Gmail and all these good, great apps. Okay. And that way you can also do like a Trello board and you can connect it with, um, Zapier and then it notifies you like, okay, this is due. Like that piece of that board is due. Anyway, it's, it's so geeky and fun. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, it's good. Cause you know, one of the, I, I realized like I have an assistant and we constantly email back and forth and there's just, especially when you're an entrepreneur, your brain is just like, boom, boom, you know, I'm just firing things at her. So finally we created this board with just all the buckets, you know, the blog, uh, any social media, like anything is now in Trello. Haven't gotten any farther than creating the boards, which that just makes me feel good. You should um, check out um, Founder Magazine and just just Google Founder Magazine Trello, um, Trello board. Um, I've tweaked around with Trello for a long time. I know Jen, a friend of mine, Jen Jono, she used uh, that for her webcasting business. She used Trello. And I got okay. like a background of of her using it too, but um, the guys at Founder Magazine created like a very 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 detailed mm-hmm. blog post about how they use it. And I uh-huh. mine I use it a bit different way, and they have different options. And one of the things that they use is like one of their boards is a guest post or no no wait I'm sorry their blog post board, and that's where they have like every single every single what is it like. Um, it's not bored every single, oh goodness gracious. That little tab thing is, mm-hmm. is its own blog post. And it has like, the, and oh my gosh, you can copy and paste and you keep, keep one as a template and you can just copy and fill in. That's what I do for the show. I mean, it's incredible. Okay. And then they just go to like, they have those uh, tags oh, that's awesome. green and yellow and red if it's ready or not. And it's great for teams. Like somebody oh, okay. comes in and does this part of the, of the blog post. Somebody comes in and does the editing. Someone comes in and, and oh my gosh. And you can like include Google Docs and I can, uh, going. I can keep going. No, this is good. I'm so glad that I chose it then. And it, it was seriously just last night at 9 p.m. And I had to pull myself away so I could actually go to sleep because right. I just wanted to organize it all and make it all look pretty. But even just getting my initial thoughts in there is just so helpful instead of, you know, I have a whiteboard here, but I would love to just keep track of stats in there, like just really utilize it to the best of its potential. So I'll look at that too. For sure. Yeah. And then Sherry says the mom boss mom has a free Trello yes. thing too. So okay. we're going to have to check that out too. And, and everything that we talk about, we're going to, I'm going to link it into the show notes and email that out to you all um, after post post process or whatever it's called. And then um, someone new Ricky asks, uh, Kate, did you DIY your microphone? Oh, I kind of did. This is really funny. So I have, can you see this box here? So I just, I have just the basic microphone and then I put it up high because my, I, I DIY everything. Like I have a, I have a laptop. I really want a desktop, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. So my laptop is actually propped up, um, on a bunch of books. And so this is propped up higher as well. And I sit on an exercise ball when I work too, because so my desk is hilarious if you will. It is not 
It does not look corporate or anything like that. It looks 100% DIY. Okay, this is what we do. You should see my setup. It's totally DIY too. We, I had um, my um, my computer, my desktop. I had a beautiful frame on top of it, and during in the middle of the night, it fell off onto my iMac, and my the iMac fell face down, and it completely oh cracked the screen. And since it's like the newer version, it's connected with the LCD screen back, so it's like all black. And it's all cracked. So my husband's taking it to um, get it replaced today. But oh I'm just like, word. goodness gracious. Well, thank God I have the laptop. But then I have to like, like, make shift and like, be very creative. <laughs> and, and so that's what we do. Um, oh, that's any... what we do. Exactly. Exactly. Are there any other um, tools and resources that you want to mention? Because I totally interrupted you with the trouble. No, no, no. It was good. It was good to go on that rabbit trail. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it. You know, those are kind of the ones that I reference every day, like the screencast, the yesware, um, and then Google drive. Those are all three ones that I use. Um, you know, I have tools that I use too, for like, I just created a course. Um, I use a member for that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't totally love it, but have you, you tried know, wishlist? No, see, I'm all bound by Leslie because he's a big A member guy. So oh, okay. when something doesn't work, I just email him and say, I don't want to figure this out. So you need to do it because you're the one who told me to do this. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's <laughs> a lot of that. So awesome. anyway, so yeah, that's my tools. Thank you so much for sharing them, Kate. And um, Sherry, you're already off, uh, but thank you so much for joining us. She had to leave earlier. Thank you so much for joining us. And Natalia said, um, there are so many new websites that I need to look into. Natalia, yes, it's true. There's so many great resources and Kate is so awesome and generous to share those those with us. And Mike, however, you got to make it work, ladies. Yes, that's true. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Anyway, so Kate, thank you so much so much for having us on. Um, can you share uh, where people can find you? Uh, yes. Website? I can. So you can go to simplepinmedia.com and there you'll see I have a free Pinterest planner that you can sign up for to get on my email list. And I do a Wednesday Pinterest email that I, I honestly think I have more fun with my email than my people who get my email, but they like it too. But And then I have a blog too with a bunch of Pinterest questions that people ask me and on Facebook, I'm over there too, as well on simple pin media, facebook.com or whatever it is, facebook.com slash simple pin media. But the best way is really just to dive into the email list and then start chatting with me because I love talking with my email subscribers about what they're frustrated with. And we do a lot of like real-time updates, if you will. Pinterest is constantly changing things. So I talk a lot about the current happenings of Pinterest, not just how to use Pinterest for marketing, you know, overall, like a big umbrella. I really dive deep. So that's how they can connect with me. Awesome. Kate, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kate. Please join us live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for more lively conversations just like this. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.